Welcome to Languatalk News. Our first story today is from Ukraine. In a recent development, preliminary analysis suggests that Russia used a hypersonic Zircon missile in an attack on Kyiv last week. This marks the first instance of such a missile being used in the conflict, which is now approaching its second year. The director of the Kyiv Scientific Research Institute for Forensic Examinations, Oleksandr Ruvin, revealed that his team completed a preliminary analysis of missile fragments from the attack. They discovered characteristics typical of the Zircon missile. These include specific markings on parts of the engine and steering mechanisms. The Zircon missile, capable of traveling at nine times the speed of sound with a range of 1,000 kilometers, could present an additional challenge for Ukraine's air defenses. The February 7th attack resulted in at least five fatalities and damaged residential buildings and energy infrastructure. Moving on to Germany, Chancellor Olaf Scholz warned on Monday that any weakening of NATO's mutual defense clause is dangerous and serves Russia's interests. His comments follow former U.S. President Donald Trump's insinuation that the U.S. might not protect NATO allies who fall short in defense spending. This has stirred concerns among Western partners. Polish Prime Minister Donald Tusk, along with French President Emmanuel Macron, stressed the importance of the partnership between Europe, NATO and the US in dealing with escalating security risks. Despite Trump's remarks, Tusk highlighted the necessity for all NATO countries to bolster funding for joint military capabilities. He emphasized the importance of European unity on defense and support for Ukraine, especially with the uncertainty of U.S. backing. Currently, the focus is on enhancing the European defense industry. Poland is advocating for joint production of ammunition and a reduction in Europe's security dependency on others. In economic news, the Democratic-led Senate in the United States is gearing up to pass an aid package valued at $95.34 billion. This package is intended for Ukraine, Israel and Taiwan. The lawmakers voted 66 to 33 to overcome the final procedural hurdle to consider the bill. However, opposition from some Republicans against more aid for Ukraine casts doubt on the bill's passage in the Republican-controlled House of Representatives. The bill proposes $61 billion for Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, and $4.83 billion to support partners 
in the Indo-Pacific region. Additionally, over $9 billion have been earmarked for humanitarian aid. To become law, the bill needs to be approved by both houses of Congress and signed by President Joe Biden. Turning to Thailand, former Prime Minister and billionaire Thaksin Shinawatra has been granted parole. At present, Thaksin is serving a one-year sentence and receiving medical care at a police hospital. He was included among 930 prisoners who are either elderly or sick and thus qualify for parole. Under Thai law, he could be set free after serving half of his sentence, which would be on February 18th. However, despite his parole, Thaksin may still face detention. Public prosecutors are contemplating charging him for insulting the monarchy in a 2015 interview. Thaksin, a notable political figure in Thailand, returned to the country in August after a 15-year self-imposed exile. This coincided with the election of his ally, Sreta Thavisin, as Prime Minister. Thaksin, now 74, was moved to a hospital on his first night in prison due to chest tightness and high blood pressure. In the Democratic Republic of Congo, police used tear gas to disperse protesters in the capital, Kinshasa. The protesters set fire to tires and flags of the United States and Belgium, expressing their anger over insecurity in eastern Congo. They targeted Western embassies, including those of the U.S. and France, as well as offices of the United Nations mission in Congo, known as MINUSCO. The protesters accused the West of supporting neighboring Rwanda, which they allege backs a rebel group threatening the city of Goma in eastern Congo. Rwanda denies these claims. Congo's vice prime minister has promised that measures will be taken to safeguard embassies. This protest is set against the backdrop of protracted conflicts in eastern Congo over land and resources. These conflicts have resulted in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people and displaced over seven million. Congo is a major supplier of cobalt and one of Africa's top copper producers. Our final story today is from China. The country has seen new bank loans reach a record high thanks to the central bank's efforts to stimulate the economy which has been slower to recover from COVID-19 than anticipated. Banks issued nearly $700 billion in NNEU loans in January, setting a new record. This figure represents a significant increase from December 
and far exceeds expert predictions. These loans are expected to support the real economy. Additionally, China's central bank aims to spur domestic demand while maintaining price stability. Last year, Chinese banks disbursed a record amount of new loans. However, the weak economic outlook made many people and businesses reluctant to take on more debt. Thanks for listening to Languatalk News.